Connect Red are a Midlands-based telecommunications company with branches in Cannock, Derby and Burton-on-Trent in partnership with Vodafone UK. Our shops are currently closed due to the pandemic, but we are here to help in any way we possibly can. Get in touch with us for any of your tech and communication needs, consumer or business, and we can tailor individual packages and cater for multi-bundle deals too. Visit us at connectred.co.uk. That's C-O-N-N-E-K-T-R-E-D and drop us a message. Welcome to the Talk Derby podcast. I'm Blake Fellows. Thank you as ever to um, to Connect Red and Elite Football Development for for backing us. Two local companies who are backing a local podcast as ever. So thank you to them. They make all of this possible. This is um, this is a different kind of uh, chat today. It's with an ex Derby player, um, Louis Nightanger, Derby lad. Played for Little Over Dazzlers and got the call up to play for the academy. But what's interesting about it is he didn't actually enjoy being a footballer that much. So it's a different kind of dynamic to the chat. He's really open and honest and talks about his experiences in a positive way still, but it's interesting to get the perspective of, of someone who didn't particularly enjoy their time as a footballer. He's a really, really lovely lad. Um, had a great career and uh, he's like the youngest player to ever play for Wales. He made his Derby debut at like 16, so it's some amazing stuff that he achieved in his career, but didn't particularly enjoy being a footballer. So... Without any further ado, let's uh, let's let him tell you, shall we? His former Derby defender, Lewin Nyatanga. Welcome on to, to talk Derby to me, Lewin Nyatanga. First of all, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. How are you at the minute? Yeah, really good, thank you. Like we were just saying before, like lockdown's been an interesting time, uh, but overall. Other than having a house that's messier than I'm used to, <laughs> things have been okay actually. So I'm being quite fortunate in that aspect. So it's been it's been good. Um, are you is it true you're a person like working personal training and stuff like that now? Yeah, so I work for a personal training company who has um, they've got five gyms all based around the like um, Hertfordshire, Buckinghamshire area. Um, so I've been working for them for wow. It, it will be, I think, be four years in August. So, like, yeah, it's gone pretty quick. But, yeah, and I've done, like, so many different roles for them. Um, obviously, from training to managing to, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. So, it's been really interesting doing, like, all the different roles that are involved in, a, in the fitness industry. So, it's been a, a good learning curve. I bet you've had to adapt quickly and change things during lockdown to try and be, like, well, we're doing this on Zoom and people have had to adapt. Have you had to try and find new ways of, of getting stuff out there definitely I mean we've had to take all our training online so that was like a um, a mad dash to try and produce content that wasn't there before so I'm like staying up late at night trying to write sessions that didn't even exist so it's crazy and then all like the emails I have to go to the clients and then clients ring in saying like what's happening so you've got to ring all the clients and I think across five gyms I think there's like 800 clients wow so, it's a lot of people for like, obviously like the, each gym has a manager. So it's yeah. like the managers have to do it. But like there's a lot of work behind the scenes that needed to be done after, what was it, March? We've been in it so long now. I, I can't remember when it started, but 
yeah, back in March, it's been it's been busier than when it was uh, like normal. So yeah, it's been good. Brilliant. Um, when we when we do this podcast, we always go right to the very beginning, to like your first footballing memories and stuff. And and you grew up a, a massive Derby fan, didn't you? Oh, massive! Like the the bed sheets, the wallpaper, the the home shirt, the away shirt. Honestly, I was like deep deep in it. So your mem- your earliest memories would be like at the baseball ground and stuff like that, then going in and watching games. Yeah, my biggest memory of the baseball ground was remember when Robbie Van der Laan scored the winner. Was it against Palace? Crystal Palace, yeah. Yeah, and we went up. I was behind that goal, literally behind that post, and I just remember that vividly. And then everyone on the pitch afterwards. So that's like something that like sticks in my mind from back in the day. How'd you go from being a young Derby fan to, to getting into the academy and stuff like that? Then did you start playing locally and get spotted? Yeah, I mean, so long ago, you kind of forget the small steps, but I guess you're playing Sunday League, you're playing, was it the race course? Remember, they're still there, aren't they? All those football pitches. So I just remember playing there, and I guess you just get scouted. And then, do you, I don't know, I was like, I was seven, I was so young. So I don't know if I went on a trial or. You just got scouted, maybe loads of kids got invited into the centre to train. And then from that, they pick a selection of children to, to go in the academy. And I think the first age group I went, I think was under eight, if I, if I remember correctly. So quite yeah, a long time ago. Well, who was you playing for the, when you played on the race course? Uh, Little Over Dazzler, that's my that's my diehard team. Well, I was Chelliston boys, so a bit of rivalry there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's funny, isn't it? Even that age, you're like, oh, we're playing them this weekend. We've definitely got to beat them. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I never used to like Little Over, but I don't know why. I remember the kit was like green and white stripes. And uh, yeah, I remember. That's class, mate. That's class. <laughs> um, so from being in the academy going through, how did you break into the first team? How did that come out? Because she was very young when, when you get in the yeah. championship. Like, first of all, train with the first team and then get involved with them. Yeah, I mean, um, like always in football, it, just, it seems to just happen, doesn't it? But my first um, senior appearance for the first team in like a competitive game was against Grimsby and I think the League Cup it would have been. And I was probably 17 years old, 10 days. Yeah. Like, I was literally just turned 17. Um, and in that season... It kind of started from, I think it was October, November. I remember, I remember playing one game away at Wolves, um, and then I was probably had another period of probably six weeks not playing for the first team, like back in the reserves. And then I I got another chance against Stoke away, um, and I remember scoring the winner in that game. And then from there, it was just like I was in the team, and then I think I ended up playing, I think twenty four games that season um so yeah from playing under 18 football straight in and you just have to just have to swim don't you to be honest that's what it is you just get thrown in it's like sink or swim and you're just like going 100 miles per hour trying not to drown did um i was gonna say that did you feel ready or at that time you don't you've not got the same fears i don't think of you when you're 16 17 you just have to take it in your stride a bit don't you definitely at the time you just get on with it when i look back i laugh because i look like a little boy and I don't understand how I played men's football. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, you know what? Part of it, you don't really have time to think. I mean, I'll tell you the funny a story about my Stoke um, appearance. Essentially, that was the changing thing. That was what made me go from, okay, I've got really a chance to do something here. On the Saturday, the Stoke game was on the Tuesday evening. 
I remember the Friday before Derby played Wolves at Pride Park um, and and lost, and it was it was quite um, I think it was quite a bad performance as well. I was at home with my dad watching that game on TV, ready to play in the under 18s on Saturday. I'm like, wake up on Saturday morning, eat my breakfast, put my tracksuit on. I'm going to Moor Farm, the training ground, to play in the under 18s. I get there, go into the change room, and the coach like pulls me out and says, Oh, you're not playing today. I'm like, why? Oh, you're playing, you're playing for the first team on Tuesday. I was like, okay, cool. So, like, you know, on Saturday, I was about to play for the under-18s. On Tuesday, you're playing away at Stoke in the championship in front of, what, 25,000 people? And off we go. So things change that quickly, don't they? It's crazy. Was that Terry Wesley at the time? Terry Wesley was the academy manager. The manager of the first team was Phil Brown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so was it, was it Terry Wesley that was pushing you to Phil Brown to, to get in the side, do you think, or was it...? Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I owe Terry Wesley a lot. I, I'm, I'm sure that he was a person in his in the, the manager's ear saying like, you know, give this guy or give this kid, <laughs> give this kid a chance. You know, he's got what it takes. So like, I'm forever grateful for him pushing me and giving me that opportunity. Yeah, we've had Phil Brown on um, uh, about two, three months ago. Um, what was it like to play for? It was an interesting interview, put it that way. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he was good. Like I said, he gave him my chance. So again, it's yeah. always like a lot of gratitude. But he was very, um, a very good coach. Because if you remember, he came from, Bolton, I believe, and he was a coach there. So it's like all his training sessions were very, very like technical. He never he never put a session on for the sake of. There was always a reason behind it. Um, but of course, at the same time, it's his first managerial job, so it was tough. Even the fact that I got thrown in showed how tough it was. And I think I don't know. It was like the record amount of um, different players used in a season. Um, so it was tough for him. I'm sure he had to learn a lot. But, like, it was always clear in training that he was a really good coach. I guess it's just, like, you, you have to try and learn the managing side of it. It's a completely different ballgame, isn't it? But, you know, I'm not surprised that he then went to Hull and, and had success because, he, you know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, that Bolton team you talk about, they had, I think they won the Division One at the time about 100 points and they were playing certain type of football. It, just, it was a difficult time at Derby then, once it was coming off the back of quite a difficult period. So he didn't have a, the easiest job in the world, did he? Yeah, no. And then for a club as big as Derby, if you don't produce, you know, it's hard, isn't it? To keep yeah. your job, you know, like what Pride Park, I remember, you know, really good attendances. So you're not playing, you know, in front of 12,000 people going, oh, you know, just just stay stay up, don't get relegated. It's like, no, this club needs to be in the premiership. So if you're not pushing for that, there's, there's problems, isn't there? The next season, at your time at Derby, there was always like you broke in, had your spell and then went out and then come back. And there's like, there's like three or four, like you've had three, four spells at the club. But yeah, when yeah. Billy comes in, you're, why, how do you end up going out alone to, to Sunderland and, and going out? Is it just because he's got his idea of what he wanted to do or how does it come about? Yeah, I think uh, to be to be as blunt as you need to be, he didn't fancy me. <laughs> like he didn't want, he didn't want to blame me. So I think... And I think the reason I went out on loan so much, well, this is what I think, is because, obviously, I played quite a lot of games in that first year. So, like, a 17-year-old to have 25 games, it, you know, it's not a risk anymore for people. In a championship, you kind of prove it, and that's what a lot of managers worry. And then the biggest thing for me is having my Wales debut. Like, that was in my first season. I was still 17. So, all of a sudden, you've got the 17-year-old, or maybe 18-year-old the next year, international, 
with 30 championship match games, like starts, and four Wales international appearances. So all of a sudden, if like Billy Davis didn't want to play me, there was a, there was other people that would want me. So I think that's why as soon as I wasn't playing, it was like, well, there's this club that wants me, so I'll I'll go because I I need to keep playing. Um, and to be honest, I didn't really get much of a choice. Well, it's not like they pushed me, but it was like you train up, you train Monday morning, and then you you know you have your lunch, you get changed, and then like, oh, can you just come in there, the office, please? Oh, no problem. Yeah, so you're going to Barnsley tomorrow. Um, so yeah, um, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll see you in three months. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. And then you like, grab your boots and off you go. So, you know, I, I took it as a positive because I'd rather play. Remember, it's the same league. You know, I went to Sunderland. Sunderland's a massive club and I played in the championship. I went to Barnsley, played in the championship. So to me, I was like, well, still playing in the same league. And I think combined Sunderland and Barnsley in those two years, I probably had like another 50 championship appearances um but yeah it's funny how you just get told oh yeah you're getting loaned out and it's like okay see you in a bit <laughs> off you go <laughs> you mentioned the wales uh debut at 17 were you the youngest player to be cut by wales at the time at the time yeah yeah, yeah. wow uh, again it's probably like you like you say when you look back it's harder to look back and, and think about how you felt but yeah that's gotta be, got be some pressure yeah I think it's weird, isn't it? When I look back, I'll be honest, a lot of my football career is like a blur mm. and almost like another life and for many different reasons. But with that Wales game, maybe now I look back on it, you're like, oh, that's a big moment. Mm. Like, this is like life-changing moment or career-changing moment. And of course, I was nervous, of course. But do you know what? I don't think I was that more nervous than other games mm. that I've played in. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't really realise. Because, you know, I was getting interviewed by national press, you know, <laughs> like everyone was talking about, oh, this youngster's made his debut youngest ever. But maybe it's like, I think you just don't have time to think about it. Like I played for Derby on the Saturday and the debut for Wales on the Wednesday. You don't have time. Mm. You just like, you're just playing, 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 playing. And really you don't have much time to stop and think, oh, I need to do well here because this is like a big game. Because to be honest, the, the game before, I just got back in the Derby team. So mm. I needed to play well. So every game, you need to play well. There's always something on it. And I think after a while, you just become like desensitised to the fact that you've got to perform. I'm like, yeah, I've had to perform <laughs> for the last three years. It's just a, the life of a footballer. Like, it doesn't really stop. Do you think that makes your career at 16, 17? I don't mean makes your career highlight-wise. I mean like, you're always going to be able to get a club after that. If you're, like you said, you're 16, you've played, or 17, played 50, 80 championship games, played international. Does that kind of cement it, right, this is my, this is what I'm going to be doing now and I'm I'm always going to be able to make a living out of football? Yeah, well, I'd say it allowed me to have more opportunities because Mm -hmm. now a club won't look at you and go, oh, he's young, I don't want to give him a chance. Like, you've already had your chance and you kind of, in a way, took it then. But I definitely wouldn't say at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to have a career. Because like I said before, football is a, is a ruthless game and you can be up one minute and down the next. So I've never, ever 
<laughs> any any point in my career thought, oh, like yeah, I'll have I'll have a, a, a long career. I'm chilling. <laughs> yeah, no way. Every 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 season, if not every month, you're thinking, I better perform because if not, I'm gone. And when you're gone in football, sometimes it's like out. You can go from like playing international and two, three years later playing non-league. That is the ruthless reality of it. So it was just a constant sprint in that direction. Don't look back. Keep going because you've just got to keep performing for the next game that's coming. We mentioned Sunderland. I can remember at the time you have been linked with going there permanently with Roy Keane. Was that on the yeah. table at some point, at one point? I don't, I don't know. I mean, no. you, hear, you hear these things. Did a, did a contract ever get put in front of my face? No. no. You know, I, I don't know, you know. Um, when, I, when I went there, would I like to have done better? Yes. Were there reasons I didn't do as well as I could have done? Yes. But again, trying to look at it as a positive, I was like, okay, what did I learn from that experience? If I had the same chance again, what would I do differently? Or how can I improve from that experience? And that's how I kind of took it. Um, you know, again, looking back, you're like... It's a big club. It's a big, you know, I'm thinking about it. Oh, I, I know. And I sometimes think, wow, that was like 18, moving up north, playing at the Stadium of Light. You know, Sunderland was expected, again, like Derby, to get promoted. You're playing mm-hmm. for Roy Keane. You're playing with Dwight York. And it's like, oh, that's, you look back, it's, it's quite a big thing. But at the time, I'd like to say, you just turn up, try your best, keep keep pushing it's just yeah it's not stuff was he an intimidating well he seems quite intimidating when I, when I watch Super Sunday is he is he like that as a manager can you are you a bit like oh no if you've if you've had a bad one yeah definitely but also which I was pleasantly surprised he's really quite funny like <laughs> yeah like he'll be really serious and then like he'll just come out with like a joke and I was thinking I was like this guy's funny I'd never think about it but at the same time oh yeah like you, you, you don't cross him and if he gives you that look, you're like, oh, man. So, yeah. yeah, he's definitely got an aura about him. Yeah, you came back towards the end of that season. Obviously, Derby went up that year and came back um, off loan uh, with Billy Davis. Yeah. You didn't have much to do with Billy, but when I've got players on that played for him, I always have to ask about um, him and, and, that, and that season because there's some crazy stories we've had. We've had quite a few of them players on, actually. what? How did you find Billy and, and what was it about that team that, that got up, do you think? The one... Obviously, just like the winning mentality. That's very vague, isn't it? Like, of course, it was a winning mentality. But I'll give you an example of, we had a training game once. I don't know, maybe on a, like, a Tuesday afternoon or Thursday afternoon. Um, 11 v 11. And nil-nil. And at, towards the end, there was a corner. Corner comes in. Ball bubbles down. And someone scores. Oh, my goodness. It was like a fight was going to kick off. It was like, it was like, FA Cup final, we've just lost 1-0. And that, to me, in one story, explains the mentality of the team that year. It was just like, how many how many 1-0 wins did we get? So many. But it was that mentality because, you know, I've been in I've been around teams and I've been in teams that have, have won and got promoted. I've been in teams that have got relegated. And that's, that's a big difference. Yes, obviously, players and ability, but the big difference is mentality. And again, in a training game, for a goal to go in and players literally lose their marbles, like, <laughs> and are shouting at each other, like, how did you, how did we let that happen? That's, that's why Derby got promoted that year. It was pure, like, winning mentality at any cost. 
he's, he's very good at, well, from the outside, it's like us against the world kind of thing, isn't it? I mean, I think it's gone to backfire on him later on in his career in some respects, but it seemed at the time it was like, right, it, we're all this, we're going to just take the world on from more form. And it seemed it's very like, right, you're either with me or against me kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And he had that fire. So he like gave that to his team. So when they went out, they had that same fire that he had. And hey, it worked. Because even look at the playoff final, you know, let's be honest, West Brom outplayed us that day. Like we weren't the best team in the 90 minutes, but it didn't matter. And it never mattered all year. It was like, we'll still win. We'll still keep a clean sheet and we'll nick a goal. Um, and like people like Dean Leacock, Darren Moore at the back, just rocks. Do you know what I mean? You just knew that they'll keep a clean sheet. doesn't matter if we're getting peppered. They'll keep a clean sheet. And I think with Stephen Bywater behind them, mm. we'll nick a goal. And then look, Giles Barnes down the line, cuts it, Pearson, goal. And then we're just defending for the next, what, 25 minutes? Mm. But we knew we'd win. Just that me- mentality. And I think that just like encapsulates that whole season. It's just we'll find a, win, a way to win. It doesn't matter if it's pretty or not. What was your involvement that day? Did you go? Yeah, in the stands. I feel like I don't like Wembley. I've been, <laughs> I've been <laughs> to Wembley. I've been to Wembley four times. Once that, that day, the first time I ever went, I was in the stands. Which, hey, look, I can't complain. I was an 18-year-old um, defender. He put Ed Worthy in on the bench in front of me. Like, I can't complain. Like, um, Ed Worthy's like, so experienced, such a good player. On a day like that, who are you going to choose? You know, it's that thing. You're kind of going to go with experience. That's fair enough. Um, second time I went with Barnsley when they played Cardiff and I was cup-tied. That was, that was, a, that hurt because I definitely would have played because I was playing all season. Um, and then I've been to uh, Wembley twice with Barnsley in my second spell with them. I was on the bench twice. So, yeah, Wembley's an annoying place. Like, so, so close, but so far four times. But, um, yeah, it was still nice to be to be there. Um, when you don't play, though, I don't know. Like, you're really happy for everyone. But when you don't play, you don't really feel as much that it was me. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, I didn't do the graft that day. You know, I wasn't really there all season. I think I played maybe seven, eight games in the, t- in the whole season. So, like, was buzzing, you know. Don't know if I was buzzing more as a fan. <laughs> Just, like, I'll be back in the Premier League. But I didn't really have that much game time that year. So, you know, I, I put the, like, the, the honour and the congratulations more on that core group that played because, you know, I, I had a few games, but mine, mine weren't really that dictating um, minutes that, that, that got promotion, essentially. Was it frustrating at that age that you're not really getting a chance to settle anywhere because you're going on loan then coming back to Derby then going out and and having little spot was would you have preferred obviously in an ideal world but to have just had a run somewhere or did you take it personally at times that you probably was going out and coming back or yeah um I learned very quickly never take anything personally in football I think that's what I learned and to be honest again probably just a mindset I just chose to have I was just like playing first in football like, I was just really, like, like grateful. Like, I'm playing. <laughs> you know, I could be playing the reserves. I could be playing under-18 football. I could not be playing. Like, like I'm playing first-team football. So, did not matter where it was. And the fact that, like I said, it was in the same league, to me, it was like, well, I'm playing against the same teams that Derby are playing against, just in a different shirt. And hopefully, 
I'll still contact a derby, so hopefully I'll go back and hopefully I'll eventually play. But this is just more games and more experience for me to get um, to improve, essentially. And you've got, uh, you got a new deal, so you've got a, a new contract at a Premier League club office. So they obviously saw something in you as a youngster that you would feature at that point. Yeah, and like when you look at the back again, um, when you look back at important games in your career and in your life, that game against Luton, I don't mm. remember, that was a game when I, I got called back from Barnsley um, three weeks three weeks early, I think. Um, and I played, I got back on like the Thursday at Derby training on, or Wednesday or something. Friday night, playing Luton live on Sky. That mm. time when we were like joint second, so we still had to win. Now, again, the, the, the short story is we wouldn't win one nil. I scored the winner. But if you think about it, it's like you're coming back into a team that's winning, that's pushing for automatic promotion. You're an 18-year-old centre-back. It's almost like, my, my French, don't fuck it up. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, rev one, and then you're playing live on Sky as well. And it's your hometown club. So, you know, that was like, if I'd have gone and played that game and had an absolute stinker, again, the career changes. It, I, don't get, I don't think I get that contract. And if I do, it's not the same, you know? I really don't. So when I look back, I think, wow, good job I performed that night. But again, that's why I go back to the fact that you get numb to it because you have to perform. It doesn't matter what game you play, there's something on it. And so you just kind of <laughs> shut off and try and block out all the ifs, buts and maybes. Because if you start to think about it, my goodness, you know, <laughs> you'll have a little bit of a, a nervous breakdown thinking, wow, my like whole life, rides on the next 90 minutes that's quite a lot to think about so you kind of have to just shut it out and just go and play essentially you you made a bit of a habit of scoring when you had comeback games or or like a first game like debut and um, another one was when you, pre- you scored in your Premier League debut didn't you I what? did I did I did I've got a, a not bad uh, score scoring to uh, games ratio <laughs> but I don't think it counts when you play less than uh, 25 or something so I can't really brag too much but yeah on the Premier League debut again like it's weird it's almost like you don't remember it it's, it's, yeah it's, it's really weird like sometimes I think back I'm like oh yeah I did that oh yeah I did that oh that's interesting and I think at the time you just you're like is this really happening like I remember even when the goal went in I remember just like turning around and jogging back to the centre circle and everyone like jumps on me and I, there's like a photo of me and I'm like, I'm not even celebrating. I'm like, because I'm like a bit like shocked. I'm like, yeah. I've just scored. I've just scored in the Premier League. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> there was no running off. There was just like, oh, I've scored. Okay, better get jog back to my position and restart the game, you know? So even when it happened, it was a little bit out of body and just, okay. <laughs> this, is, oh, wow. this is weird. So, yeah. But um, when I think back now, you know, when it's all said and done, you're like, yeah, some some actually good moments that, you know, when you remember them, you're like, oh, yeah, that was, you know, maybe it brings a smile to your face. But at the time, you kind of don't think about it. And then you kind of, like, block it out and you forget about it because you're just, like, on to the next one. So, it's a, yeah, it's a weird one. We had Malcolm Christian um, the other day, and he said about when he first played in the Premier League and he, he said he had, like, the, the thing of, Right, no matter what happens now, I've played in the Premier League. No one can take that away from me. And I, like you've scored a Premier League goal, is there an element of that? Like, right, no matter what happens now, I've I've scored in the Premier League for Derby County. Do you know what? There really isn't. There really isn't. And even like 
I hate to say it, like you, you look back on your career and you always think, ah, where, where could I have done better? How could I have done better? And it's kind of a bit like, it's a gift and a curse. A curse in the way that, you know, I, I don't sit here today and think like, oh yeah, I had a really good career. I don't, I generally don't. Like when I meet people, if they don't know I play football, I don't tell them. I don't talk about it. Like you wouldn't know. And so in that way, it's sad because, you know, when we're speaking about it now and you're bringing things up, I'm like, actually, that was like, it's quite a big moment. And that was quite cool. And, you know, to play for your hometown club in the Premier League, to play in, you know, just for your hometown club, full stop. Do you know what I mean? Just to step onto Pride Park is really cool. But I don't know if it's what the mentality I had to have to keep pushing. It's like, it's never enough. Don't think you've made it. Don't like just relax and think, oh yeah, well, I did this. It's like, no, next game, you're not that good. Keep going, keep pushing. Um, and that's kind of the mentality I had when I was playing. And it's probably a little bit like it now. When I look back, I think, yeah, like I did all right. That's how I felt, I did all right. But like, I could have done a lot better. But um, yeah, it's it what it is, I guess. Do you think being a footballer suited you as a profession? No. 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 Like, what? No. <laughs> no. Like, like, I'm like, oh, we could get into some deep water now. This would be like another hour and a half. But yeah, no, definitely not. In what respect? Do you know what? I, I don't, I never really wanted to be a professional footballer. Do you know what I mean? And I think this is an interesting discussion we'll have now. Like, Obviously, you know, when I was younger, I had the wallpaper and the bed sheets. I was like, that Derby till I die, this club's amazing. Oh my goodness. Like, you see deep storage and you're sprinting over to him wanting an autograph. When I got in the academy, I don't know what it was, but after like two years, I was like, I hate this. And I'm like, nine, 10? I'm like, I hate this. I don't want to be at training. Like, I'm on the coach going to games, don't want to be there in the changing room, don't want to be there on the pitch, don't want to be there. And that kind of just like, I don't know, from that point, it was like, I don't want to do this. Like, this isn't what maybe I thought it would be or just like that deep down desire. I was like, nah, this isn't for me. So even at that young age, I didn't have any dreams or desires to say, oh, I want to be a footballer. And that's the only thing I ever want to do. Not not really. What kept you doing it then? Was it let, the thought of letting people down maybe that put time into you or the money side of it? Or what was it that, that yeah. kept you doing it? Like, I think to start with, I think definitely letting people down. Um, like two things. Like, I remember thinking, this is, this is going to sound so stupid. I remember thinking, like, okay, they, they've given me like, you know, you're like 14. They've given me a one-year contract. Okay. They'll, they'll release me at the end of this and then I can go on to like my normal life. <laughs> then they give you another two-year contract and you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, they're going to release me after this. Surely like, okay, just, just do this next two years. Then they give you a pro. You're like, oh, goodness me, what's happening here? <laughs> and then you're in the first team. You're like, well, <laughs> I'm in the first team now. Like, off we go. I've got to keep going now. But I think like when you say about letting people down, like my parents, everything they've put in for me. Um, I don't know if people know this, but when I was 11 or 10, I actually got released from the academy. I don't know if people know this. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not surprised. Like I said, when I'm 9, 10, I'm like, 
not enjoying it. Probably performances show that. Get released. And honestly, like, sounds terrible. Really does. So I apologize for everyone. Like, one of the happiest days of my young life. Honestly, I was so happy. I was like, oh my goodness, it's done. Like, thank goodness I'm out of that because I didn't feel like I could not do it. You know, I was like, to keep, keep pushing. Um, so, you know. Play, play tennis and snooker for a year. I'll just put that in. Did play football, stopped playing football completely. Started playing Sunday League again, started enjoying it. Then Derby came back and when I was 14, wanted me to go to a trial. At, you know, is it JJB opposite Pride Park? Yeah, yeah, got, yeah. Went there and I was like to my dad, I don't want to go. And he was like, no, 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 like go. See, I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to. Like, why? I don't, I don't want to go back there. I know what it was like. And he was like, no, 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 like go. And I was like, oh, okay. And I don't know, maybe, again, not letting people down the way I've been brought up. If I'm there, I'm going to try my best. Do you know what I mean? Like, either way, I'm going to try my best. So my kind of, the funny story is, that Friday night when my dad's like, oh, no, just go to that trial. I was like, oh, okay, I'll go. And then they'll just say no, and I can come back. It's like 15, 16 years later, I'm coming to the end of a footballing career. So it's mad in that sense. Um, but I think probably what pushes you is, once you're there, you don't want to let your parents down. You don't want to let your teammates down. You don't want to let your managers down. So once I walk over the, that white line, I'm going to give my everything. I'm going to try my absolute best, even though deep down I might not want to be there, which, again, sounds bad. And I think probably no, I don't, didn't really say anything like that because when you're playing, you can't. You can't kind of explain that. Um, but, yeah, if I'm, if I'm honest, that's how, that's how I felt. If you had your time again, would you still do it all the same? Depends. So, if, hmm. put it this way: I, it's hard to answer that because it depends which way we're coming from. Put it this way: if you said, "Take you back to sixteen and you get to live it all again," would you do it? No. Really? Yeah. So, like, I, I guess that's a better way to give the answer is like you know some people are like oh like i wish i could go back and live it all again for me i'm like no way no chance would i want to go for all that again so i guess that gives you the answer yeah um do you think this is something i ask quite often as well do you think there's enough done education wise to to like 16 17 year old lads that just get thrown into football because sometimes Obviously, you had a good career, but sometimes the like you say it's a slippery slope. You can go into non-league, and all they've ever known is football. Like you could have got to a stage, and then then you have to go again. Do you think more could be done at that age to to maybe do a little bit more about stuff outside of football? And because it is very tunnel vision sometimes, isn't it? That like you're going to be a footballer, you're going to be a footballer. Yeah, definitely, and it's hard because there was some really good like welfare people at Derby, so you know it'd be unfair on them to say they weren't a help. Um, but yeah, like you said, very tunnel vision. You're there to be a professional footballer. Everything else is kind of like you did like a B tech, but it was because you had to do it. You know, like no one really cared much if you did it or not. Um, but yeah, I think there's two things for me. One, yeah, the fact that the unfortunate reality with the numbers about how many people actually make it and the harsh reality of that. But also, too, I, I do think in the media and society, there's a kind of narrative about what, what being a footballer is or being a professional sports man or woman is. And 
I've, I've like had a few interviews since I finished and I've kind of talked about this and then it gets, it turns into like clickbait, you know, like people sensationalize what you say and it's like football is such a privileged job and a privileged position. So I always have to start with that because one, I believe it and two, people get angry if you say anything potentially negative, but also it is so ruthless. It is such a ruthless um, profession and I think sometimes if, if players understood this, not all Rosen, it really isn't, even for those that are achieving things that on the outside look good. I think that would just give youngsters a bit of balance and maybe to have a little bit more of a, a level head and go, okay, maybe I should think about other things and maybe football isn't everything. So, you know, if I play, amazing, but there's life after it, you know, because there is. And also if I don't quite make it, it's not the end of the world because it is not all roses. Like it's, it's not everything that maybe you thought it was. So I think in, in both those aspects, I think it could help young players coming through to try and put it in perspective. I think it's put on such a pedestal. And I think I say this from the, I've been on both sides. I've been behind that goal at the baseball ground, seeing Robbie Vandalar score. I, you know, I've, I've seen, Chris Powell, Dean Stewart, and gone like, oh my, like fanboy, like, oh my goodness, it's them getting their autograph. And, you know, I, I wasn't their level. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a Dean Sturridge in Derby folklore at all. But I've then gone the other side and been a player for Derby. I've sat in the change room, I've walked out of Pride Park, I've, I've played in some like quite memorable games. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think it was going to be like this. You know, I, I thought it was all like glitz and glamour. And yes, parts of it are, but there's other parts that just don't get talked about. Because I think if you do, people think you are, I don't know, they just don't like it. It's like you're not allowed to say anything that's potentially negative or bad about football. It's like, no, that person's wrong or they're just bitter or whatever. And it's like, no, like, so grateful for the opportunity, so grateful for the career and everything that everyone's done for me. But did I enjoy the process? Not really. You know, like I said, would I want to do it again? Definitely not. Retiring before you're 30, is that, do you have to make a decision and say, right, this isn't for me, I'm going to move away from football now, this isn't for me, and I'm, I'm going to just take a change in life? Is, is, is that the just pure and simple of it, that it just wasn't for you anymore? Yeah, and I, I think the, the hardest thing with that decision is probably people's reaction to that decision, because for me, I was quite settled in myself. But I think when I start to tell you the story, this is the thing, like, it, it takes time to give a backstory. It probably makes more sense. And for me, that decision to retire at 29, that decision was made 10 years before. Mm. That decision was made at 19 when I was like to my dad, this isn't for me. And then I remember him saying, I remember this this day, he said, so what's your plan? And I was like, ah, oh, I don't really have a plan. And it's like, okay set out a plan and see that plan through. And essentially at 29, I've seen that plan through. So it was like, okay, do I keep playing? Because I could have played. I mean, in my last season, I played 40 games um, in League One, you know, so I could have kept playing. But did I enjoy playing? No. I'd done what I'd set out to do. So I was just like, why am I sticking around now? Who am I doing this for? And then it becomes, you're doing it for other people then. You're doing it because you don't want people to go, what? You've quit. What? Why? Like, and you're like, oh, what are people going to think of me? But then, you know, when you uh, just take a step back and think, what do you want? I was like, well, 
I've done everything I want to do. I, I can't see, like, I'm never going to, I was never going to top scoring for Derby in the Premiership, you know? So in terms of career goals, I was never going to top it. I was never going to get back in the Wales team. Like, I, I knew that. Probably I was never going to get back in the Championship, you know, looking at it objectively. So it's kind of like, so what, what am I doing it for? So that's when I, um, that's why I made that decision at 29. So again, seems strange. And from the outside, everyone's like, what? But when you break it down from, from thinking about 10-year-old, you know, that's like a 20-year journey yeah. of grinding and giving your life and sacrificing everything. And I was, again, if I'm going to do something, I'm doing it to the best of my ability. But deep down, probably going, this isn't really something that you want to do. So, um, yeah, I hope obviously that puts it a little bit more in perspective. Yeah, there'll be no clickbait from me. I'm not, uh, I'm not bad yeah. at that. Um, there's two things I wanted to touch on because we went off on. I was going to ask you about that, or what we just spoke about at the end. We went on a on a tangent down there. I want to talk to you about the goal at the city ground, obviously. Um, a brilliant memory for me because we won twice in about three weeks in, when with that goal. Um, what are your memories of that day? Because you didn't really celebrate that one either, like the Portsmouth one, wasn't it? Did you just stand there? Oh, for that no. one? I think I did. I think I, I found a few years later a picture of me like screaming <laughs> with my fist pumped. But I, what I remember about that goal is when I scored. It was at the forest end. I ran off doing this to all the fans. And then they literally lost their head. Knowing like bold men tattoos stand up. <laughs> and, oh my god, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of like shit myself a little bit. <laughs> I was like, oh, what am I doing? So then I like just turned and celebrated with everyone. But like again, like Derby, Derby boy, Derby supporter, just scored against Forest at City Gun. I was like, yeah. But that was just pure like emotion and just joy in, in that moment with a bit of fear <laughs> from, from the fans. Um, but yeah, no, um, that was a good day. Um, and I think I've got a nice proud record of, for Derby. I've never lost to Forest. I think I've played against Forest. I, don't, I mean, I've not played loads again, maybe four. I've never, I've never lost and played like two at Derby. I think two at the City Ground. I think I definitely know I've never lost to Forest in a Derby show, which is a nice thing. You know, again, it's a nice thing to think about. Mate, that's quality. The money I'd pay to be able to score a goal for Derby at the Trent end and then like to give it some. Incredible, mate. I'd still be I'd still be running around now. <laughs> <laughs> and leaving Derby then, how how does that come about? And obviously was it difficult? You've you've grown up a Derby fan. Obviously we now know how you felt about your, um in certain aspects of the career, but leaving Derby County for good, was that difficult? Yeah, it, it was. It was um at the time it was a surprise. But then straight away it was like, why are you surprised? It, it's it's football. Yeah. It's a business. This is the thing, you know, you, you get the twinkly eyes and you're like, oh, it's amazing. And then you're like, well, the reality slaps in the face. It's like, it's, it's a business. Football is a business. And, you know, the way it happened, was it great? No. Was it the worst thing in the world? No. So, you know, I just was like, okay, I'm clearly not wanted here. Going to another championship team. So, it's kind of a sidestep in that sense. Um, and again, I think you just, you know, you read between the lines. If, if someone is willing to sell you and someone else wants you and is, is doing, like paying money to, to get you in their team, you're kind of like, well, just keep moving because if you stop and get all emotional about it, then it's not going to do very well. So, yeah, again, when it happened, I was a little bit shocked, but 
from that day, I was like, don't be surprised by anything in football. I remember just telling myself that, like, don't, don't be surprised because it's, 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 it's a business. Were you just told then, or were you just felt we cast this? Uh, what what was it that made you feel like that? Were you just just told that's it? Yeah. Now you you've done. Well, so like the the year before, at the end of the season, um, I, I spoke to the manager and I was just saying like, you know, what's happening next year? Am I in your plans? And the manager said, you know, yes, you're in my plans. It's like perfect. Went away. Came back and I came back late to pre-season because I'd been on international duty. I think I came back a week late than everyone else. I came back on the Thursday, trained in the morning, trained on the, in the morning on Friday. Friday afternoon, I got a phone call from my agent. They just sold you to Bristol City. So it's like, okay, I've just been back two days and was told that I was in the plans this year and now I've been sold. So again, just my mentality, but I'm coming back. I want to get in the team for the start of the season and like keep pushing. And then on Monday, I've got my the boot of my car packed with suitcases and I'm driving down the M5 to Bristol, which I've never been before and never never went back. So that's how quick it just changes. So again, like in that sense, you kind of just become a little bit, I'll be honest, a bit numb to it, you know, and just like I said, you just keep keep going, keep moving forward. I normally ask him at the end, my last question is normally um, any regrets, but we've spoke about all that and I want to be doing positive. So what's the, what's the one piece of advice you'd give like a, a youngster uh, in, on, going on any walk of life? Don't necessarily have to be a young footballer, but what's for life, yeah. is, what's the one piece of advice? Oh, put me on the spot, goodness me. Uh, Sorry, mate, I have to do one at the end. <laughs> no, I know. I think like... Don't sign for Derby. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I feel like it's mindset is a big one, isn't it? Mm. Like how you react to certain things that happen. I don't think anyone you see at the top, anyone, any walk of life, you know, actor, footballer, business person, it's not smooth. So you've just got to like react positively to everything that hits you and be like, kind of like be like water. If you want to get to that goal over there, you might have to go left two miles, but believe you'll still get to that goal. And if you keep grafting hard enough, you know, even for me with football, there's so many examples where on paper or if you tell the story like, ah, it's never going to happen. But I was just like, keep plugging away, keep plugging away. And it always kind of worked out in some way. Like even leaving Derby for Bristol City, like, yeah, it's sad, it's sad to leave. But in other ways, it actually benefited me. So, you know, it just very depends on your, the way your mindset and the way you look at it. Brilliant. It's been absolutely, uh, absolutely brilliant. A really interesting chat there. So I really appreciate your time, first of all. Thank you so much for doing it. No problem. And like I said, I hope, um, yeah, I hope it doesn't come across as negative because for me, like, again, deep down there's that, there's that Derby fan who, like, loves the club, still, still does. I think it's just being honest to be like the experience itself wasn't maybe all I thought it would be. But at the same time, like, so grateful for the experience. You know what I mean? When I was in it, I was like, this is amazing. Like, I'm so lucky. Like, I knew it. But then deep down, I was like, okay, but I'm not, I'm not as happy as I thought I'd be with it all. You know what I mean? So I hope that balance comes across. Because that's always the worry. When you start, to be honest, people are like, ah, look at him. Like, he doesn't appreciate what he got or what he has. I'm like, no, I, I do. But at the same time, like, the day-to-day maybe wasn't what I thought. And, I, and trust me, there's a lot of other footballers that feel the same.
And this is the thing, like people don't talk about it, especially when they're playing. But I've been in enough change rooms, I've spoken to enough people. Slowly, like you're seeing players be more honest. And I think it's just like footballers are humans. It's the thing. People think like you run out on a Saturday and you run back in and I don't know, you sleep in a box for a week and then you come back out <laughs> on a Saturday. Like we're just like you, we're normal people. It's just like, oh, we're a bit better at football. This is the thing. It's like, that's all. I'm just a little bit better at football than the average person. Literally, that's it. Everything else, I'm exactly the same as everyone walking around. So I think people need to just maybe remember that, that footballers are just, they're just humans. You know, they're not, they're not superheroes. I can assure you, you've come across really well. So don't worry about that. And it's, it's honest and people can't, it's not all to whoever listens to decide how you feel. So if that's how you feel, you've been honest and you've come across well. Just before we go, we do a thing called Pass the Mic at the end, started by Lee Carsley, where to try and help me get other people on. If you're in touch with anyone that was at Derby, you think it'd be decent to come on and you can try and set us up with someone. Is there anyone that you could think with the good crap? Oh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if I've still got contact details for Giles Barnes. I think that would be a good one for you. I don't know if you've had him on. No, he's number. He's he's up there. He's. I'm trying to track that man down. I've been doing this 18 yeah. months, and I spend half my life trying to track him down. I know. I've not spoken to him for so long, but I don't know. Maybe I'll try an Instagram <laughs> DM or something. But like, if he's honest, he'll give you some amazing stories. Amazing stories. And he was, he was very misunderstood. Very misunderstood from fans. Like, that guy's got heart of gold. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was very close with him. And yeah, he's brash and yeah, he's flashy and, you know, but deep down he like wanted it so bad and he worked so hard. And I think sometimes, you know, definitely from the, you know, outward perspective, people had a certain view of him that maybe was, wasn't, maybe not wasn't fair, but they didn't see the whole of him. They saw the theatre, Giles Barnes, do you know what I mean? They saw the show, but they didn't maybe sit across from, from him and have a meal. And then you see a different side of him. So that would be an interesting one. So, um, yeah, I'll, um, I'll, have a, I'll have a go on Instagram. And if I get some luck, I'll, I'll let you know. Nice one. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.